Hey, TNA producer Bella here. If you'd like to reach out to the show, you can reach us via email at tensandaces21 at gmail.com. That's tensandaces, the number 21 at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, simply called The Tens and Aces Podcast, if you're still on Facebook anyway. Or you can catch us on the web by going to anchor.fm slash TA21. So, hey there, listeners. So back in the summer of 2021, I interviewed an AP who goes by the name of Baron. And that was a great interview. But turns out I played this Leonard Skinner song, You Got That Right, pretty much the whole song. And the copyright bots apparently didn't like that and pulled the entire episode from my podcast feed. So that got me to thinking that it'd be a great time to have Baron on for an update as to how his AP journey is going. And then repost the original episode on the end of the update. So that's what this episode is. Sit right back and enjoy. Okay, so back with me is Baron. We're thinking it's like, what, a year and a half, two years since we last spoke? I think it's probably closer to two years, yeah. Closer to two years. Wow, that's time flies, man. I know. Last time we spoke, you were trying full-time AEP, and how did that go? Uh, That did not go as well as I would have hoped. Um, I was really, I think, well set up for success. I had about a 50K bankroll. Plus, I had about six months of living expenses socked away in the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I went for it. And then I discovered that, A, the travel was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And, B, I hit a, uh, a really nasty run of variance. And I started... I started playing scared. Yeah, not good. Not good. So, yeah, I, I remember I had one session and I didn't take the insurance when I should have. And I, I went back to the hotel and kind of looked at myself in the mirror and like, what, you know, what am I going to do here? Am I committed mm-hmm. to the whole Joe seven, four, eight, burn it all down? Or do I want to stop and reprioritize? And I decided to stop and reprioritize. So mm-hmm. I cut that trip short, went home, talked it over with my partner and decided that Maybe full-time isn't for me. And that's that's fine, too. Yeah. Everybody has to find their niche. So what was the time frame on that? Like, is that about a year and a half, two years ago? That was, like, shortly after we talked, I think. <laughs> I jinxed you. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was kind of in the middle of that free fall, I think, when we talked. And I think it was only another couple of weeks. Yeah, I remember. And I kept having, you know, like, four-figure loss, four-figure loss, Three-figure win, four-figure loss. My chart was just plummeting back towards zero. And, yeah, the other thing, too, is uh, the travel just on my relationship. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. Totally, completely is. Even if they come with you, sometimes they don't want to travel that much either, typically. Yeah, um, she doesn't like casinos at all. Like, she's smart. She gets the math. She gets where the advantage comes from. But she would rather pluck out her eyes than go in a casino. Yeah. And so, like, we even we even tried a couple of trips where, okay, I've got this comp for the hotel. If you'll give me a couple hours to go play, uh, you know, we'll spend the rest of the day together. And that just wasn't, you know, we tried that a couple times. It wasn't her thing. So, yeah, it's hard to be in work mode and relationship mode simultaneously. Yeah. You end up half-assing both uh, aspects. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, she'd be sitting in the hotel room, you know, reading a book and waiting for me to get done. And yeah, it, it you're right. It like it it doesn't serve the relationship or the yeah. AP well. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, kudos to you for being honest with yourself. And you know, you can still. That's the beautiful thing about AP is you can do it part time. You can do it whenever. Well, and I've and... I've played a little bit. You know, like I occasionally do the drills, try to keep my skills sharp. And like last month, I had to travel to the East Coast and I used that as an excuse to hit a couple casinos on the way that I had researched. They had good games like, Mm -hmm. all right, I can stop in for two, three hours. I wound up paying for my trip to the East Coast. Sweet. So do you find being like a a part time AP because there's no pressure, you know, like to pay your your mortgage or whatever going on there that maybe you're a better player? Oh, much. Um, yeah, like I said, when I was getting toward the end of my full-time journey, I was playing scared, not playing well, and yeah, playing part-time. And I'm usually just playing when I happen to be, you know, somewhere in a city that, oh, let me check out this casino. Like, fine, I'll go in, I'll put out the big bucks when it counts, I'll split the tens. You know, I, I'm not worried about cover, and if they boot me, they boot me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's much it's much easier to play correctly when I don't have the rent monster looking over my shoulder. Yeah, right. And plus, you have to answer to the, your other half. I do. I mean, she's, you know, she understands the math, and she always asks me the right questions. Like, it was never, how much did you win? It was always, did you play well? Did you get good hours? Mm-hmm. You know. That's That's great. Yeah. But you know, full time's not for everybody. Again, kudos to you for finding your your niche where it fits. Yeah, and it's I think it's something I'm always going to enjoy. Uh later this year they're going to be two I live in kind mm. of a casino desert and I've got two opening up within an hour of me uh sometime in the next 12 months. Sweet. So, I have a feeling that you know, I'll be playing a lot more part-time. But right now, I the beautiful thing that AP did for me was it got me out of a really loathsome desk job and career that I just hated. Yeah. And now, really, I'm driving Uber and Lyft, and I'm happy as I can be, and it's the same flexibility as AP. I totally set my own hours. You know, if I want to take a vacation, I don't have to ask anybody for the time off. I just take it. I think, for example, your pullover right now in the middle of an Uber run (laughs) is to talk to me. Yeah, actually, yeah, we were supposed to talk earlier, and I forgot because I was in the middle of an Uber run. So I just turn the app off, I pull over, and I'm good to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's as long as you're making money to pay your bills and it's all great. Yeah. And you know, the great thing is, is doing lift the EV exactly matches the AV <laughs> consistently. Right. Like if I give you a $20 ride, there'll be $20 in my checking account. I'm not going to lose it on a true five with right, all my big right. bets out. Although you could run into some bad variants. You could get someone, a drunk passenger thrown up in your car or something like that. Yeah. Although I, you know, I do mostly weekdays and mostly during the day. So it's a lot of boring business travelers coming to the airport. I'm in a university town, so I know better than to drive on Saturday night. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on and giving us an update. Okay. Well, thanks for having me back on. And, you know, if uh, like later on this year when those two casinos open, I'm planning to play a little more. So who knows? Maybe I can come sure. back with some more exciting stories to tell. Yeah, let's hope that casino desert isn't an oasis that you see there with those two <laughs> new casinos that are opening up shop. 
I will see you down the felt or in your case, down the road. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Take care, man. Bye. One of these losers in Las Vegas who keeps thinking he's going to come up with a way to win at blackjack. Are you ready for some TNA? Welcome to TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. A podcast with true-to-life stories and experiences from advantaged players in the game of blackjack. From pros crushing it and making a living counting cards, to newer players who are just making their way through all the ups and downs of what can be, at times, both an equally frustrating and beautiful game of AP Blackjack. Is this the kind of thing you want to hear? Well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. Here's your host, Mike AP. And welcome to the show today. As the man just said, I'm your host of this transmission of our experiment in imaginary radio that we like to call TNA, the Tens and Aces podcast. So if this is the kind of thing you want to hear, well, listen up, because we're about to give you some TNA. So with me today is Baron. How's it going, man? It's going good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I enjoy reading your posts on the forums. Thank you. Uh, I've kind of followed your career vicariously, ups (laughs) and downs, and you're a pretty active poster at times. So I feel like I kind of know you. It's nice to actually get to talk to you a little bit. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of the show, so it's it's nice to actually get to talk to you. I humbly, uh, (laughs) with the right words, thank you. Thank you. That's the word. That's my mom would tell me to say thank you uh, <laughs> you're welcome you bet let's start with a little origin story background and yours is a little bit different than the typical person i have on here and that's kind of why also why i want to have you on let's see i was born many many years ago <laughs> oh, <shit>. and then <laughs> and then i spent about 50 of those years never setting foot in a casino and for a big chunk of that i was in a marriage that was less than ideal and a job that i just hated When I was young and in my 20s, I was and still am a very good actor. I went to college for theater and sort of had mapped out a, I'm going to go into theater and then film and then be famous. And that didn't work out so well. Uh, So I got trapped in this corporate job uh, Mm. when I was in my 20s. And then kids came along and mortgages, yeah, mortgages. Mm-hmm. You know, and then all of a sudden I'm in my late 40s and I'm like, oh, what what the hell was this? So anyway, sort of an extended midlife crisis. The marriage ended and I started dating a new woman who I'm still with and plan to be with for the, the rest of the years. Congratulations. Uh, and thank you. She's a big part of this story. So we're both travel junkies. And when we first, you know, we found this out, we first started dating. We're like, oh, OK, well, where, where should we go? And she says, I've never been to New Orleans. And I say, I've never been to Las Vegas. So I'm a huge Beatles fan. So that Christmas in my stocking were two tickets to the Cirque du Soleil show at the Mirage. Mm-hmm. So we take off and we do a uh, a trip to Vegas. And I win about 70 bucks at roulette. And I win 20 bucks betting on my favorite baseball team. And oh, this gambling stuff is easy. And when I get back to my corporate IT job, I wrote a program. I was like, huh, you know, roulette, there's got to be a way to distribute your bets that minimizes your risk and optimizes your chance of hitting. So I wrote this little computer simulator and I found out that there was a bet progression that can beat roulette. 
And so for about a week, I work on this program and I'm running, you know, a million spins at a time and this thing works and I can beat roulette with a bet progression. This is great. And I start, you know, dreaming of of finally quitting this job. And then I found the bug in the program because it mm-hmm. turns out in all those 20 years of being a programmer, I was never any good at it. And it turns out <laughs> uh, roulette has about a 5% house edge no matter where you put the chips. Go figure. Right. Uh, so I was all despondent about this, and I mentioned it to a coworker who said, huh, you ought to try counting cards. I hear all you have to do is add one for the little cards and subtract one for the big cards. And I was like, huh, that sounds easy. So I, I Google and I come up with Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I, I sign up for a membership about 15 minutes later. And about a month later, long, long, long before I was ready, I was at a boot camp. Uh, mm-hmm. te- my test out didn't go, go too well. And a lot of the content went over my head just because I was too new and too green. And then I spent about a year red shipping, uh, never really with a substantial bankroll. So uh, fast forward to September of 2019. I've uh, Oh, part of the, the marriage breaking up is that I agreed to stay married on paper, put my ex through grad school and keep her on my health insurance. Wow, so, that sounds a good deal for her. Well, you know, she stayed home all the years and raised the kids, which puts her at a real disadvantage. And for all the problems that marriage had, it was relatively amicable. I'm sure the audience is enjoying being my therapist here as I unwind my long marital history. Feel free to edit any of this. Anyway, <laughs> I, did, I did have one question. You said that was you were up to 2019. What year was the boot camp that you fast? 2018. Okay. So yeah, it was late 2018. October, November, somewhere in there. So 2019, I decide, screw it, I'm quitting this job. And I've got an $8,000 bankroll. Maybe I'll try AP, uh, which was a ridiculous thing to do. But for reasons, psychological, mental, emotional, spiritual, I just, I needed to be out of that job. Well, the, the thing about this is my ex freaked out and said, okay, this whole, you know, this whole married on paper thing, I want the actual divorce because I want a judge to say you owe me money. So it it progressed a long, slow band-aid of a divorce, which was a good thing in the long Mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. You know, playing full time on an $8,000 bankroll work until it didn't, uh, which was about seven weeks. And I I feel proud of myself that I made it last seven weeks. But Um, it probably helped if you have to pay alimony (laughs) on paper. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it was an ill-advised move. There's a post in the forum archives that I may go back and delete because I it's like, okay, well, I'm quitting my job and I've got a high four-figure bankroll. Wish me good variants. You know, then there are 600 comments of like, what the f- is the matter with you? Right. Don't do it. You're an idiot. Uh, you're going to be sleeping in your car eating dog food. Uh, you're yeah. not ready. You're not, you're not even close to ready. But anyway, so I, I hauled off and did it. Uh lasted about seven weeks. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to get another loathsome IT job. Mm-hmm. And that actually worked out okay because I got a loathsome IT job that started right at the end of February 2020. And then two weeks later, the whole world shut down. Yeah. So it was like, okay, this uh, this whole like regular deposits into my bank account thing is pretty handy right now. I worked through 2020. I've got pretty bad asthma. So I, you know, talking it over with my girlfriend, it's like, I'm not going to go back in a casino till I'm vaccinated. Right. So I can stay here in the spare bedroom and count the days until the vaccines are approved, do this stupid job and get regular paychecks. And the nice thing, too, is as the divorce divorce was progressing, my ex and I co-owned an investment property that we sold. Mm -hmm. 
and we split those proceeds 50-50. So there was, you know, suddenly a really nice chunk of change that I could use to uh, for AP stuff. Uh, so... And then the and then the new partner is on board with this. The new partner is really on board with this. You know, she had gone to Vegas with me the first time, had kind of been through it, been through the whole journey with me of learning basic strategy, learning deviations. It's funny. She's much better at, at this than I am. Like her her brain is mathematical. And like I said, I was a an actor. So I'm I'm all artsy and and flighty. So mm. I, I made deviation flashcards. And it took me forever just to get the basic BJA set of deviations. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend had them down just from quizzing me. And she's like, come on, nine versus seven, double it at true three. What's wrong with you? And I'm like, ah, nine versus three doubles at seven. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Our nicknames for each other are Order Muppet and Chaos Muppet. Aww. She would be very good at it. She would never want to do it. You know, the thought of, you know, telling her that I'm putting out two by 200 kind of gives her little palpitations. And she's like, I understand the math. I understand you have the advantage. I want the best for you. I would never, ever, ever do that. And I'm like, cool, I guess. It, but she's been 100% supportive, wow. which has made a huge, huge difference and made the whole journey a lot easier. Yeah, don't lose that unicorn, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Probably no, I, not, I, not just AP wise. I mean, just sounds like she's supportive in whatever you're doing. Yeah, no, I, I know how good I got it. So, yeah, she's she's wonderful. And keep that part in, because when she listens to the podcast, she'll hear how, how, how much I raved about her. I'll amplify, put an echo on it. Okay, sweet. And make some, she's like, like, like beautiful. She's wonderful. I'm in love. <laughs> All right, so beginning of 2020, the vaccines come out, and I'm ready to go. And then I had a couple things happen. First, my dad died, which Sorry was, here. thank you. He had had Alzheimer's for about 10 years. So it was, you know, it was like mm -hmm. a long, long, slow goodbye. Um, but still, you're never quite ready. And he and my yeah. mom live about a thousand miles away. My mom had an undiagnosed stroke in 2019 and now she has dementia. Mm. So, which meant that my sister and I had to do kind of all of the financial stuff from a distance, all the legal stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was a lot of, you know, just as I was getting ready to hit the road and start playing, I had about two months of back and forth travel and and dealing with some of mom's stuff. So, it was, you know, difficult, difficult winter. Yeah. But you weren't going to be playing anywhere at this point because of the, you're waiting for the vaccine, right? I was waiting for the vaccine. So I got, I got vaccinated in April. Mm -hmm. um, incurred a lot of travel expenses and missed time at work because, you know, travel and and things. Got to take care um, of mom. Yeah. Got to yeah, take yeah. care of mom. It turns out with my pandemic 15, I didn't own a suit that fit. So I had to go buy a suit. You're going to like the way you look. I guarantee it. All the, all the unexpected expenses. Yeah. Um, life. Life. So anyway, then we get to April. I'm vaccinated. I'm ready to hit the road. And... My car falls apart. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. And it, it happened actually while I was parked in a parking space with the car turned off. So say you got some splitting to do. <laughs> what? Yeah. I was, it was the weirdest thing. I was out running errands and I got a text from my adult son and I pulled over into a parking space to read and respond to the text. Cars turned off. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm texting. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, the car makes this cartoon sproy noise. 
And it was a strut falling off. Wow, man. Yeah. It's like, I'm parked. How does that happen? The car's turned off. How does that happen? Did you, did you piss off a witch doctor or something? I must have, or... Uh, or my ex might still have some clippings of my hair and has a voodoo doll or something. <laughs> yeah, that's I'd go with that one. That might, maybe, maybe likely. But yeah, the car died. And it was an older car anyway. And, and my current paramour was worried about me doing a lot of miles and going off into remote areas. So we both agreed that a much better car was a good investment. Yeah. So that took... So what I thought I had was 50K for bankroll and then enough living expenses to get from March to December, you know, to give the AP time to work. The math time uh, to catch up. Yeah. So yeah. then, you know, it was five figures for a, a decent used car. Gotcha. So that took, you know, a lot of the living expenses cushion away. And then I hit the road. It went well until it didn't. In yeah. about 120 hours of play, had $7,500 worth of EV. So worked out to a little more than 50 an hour. And a lot of that was the first few weeks I was playing, you know, I was playing some red chip games at like 2 by 75 2 by 125 just to, you know, flex, because I hadn't played a hand of live blackjack in over a year. Mm -hmm. Just flex the muscles and ease back into it. Earlier when you had, you said you tried and then it, it failed. You said your game wasn't ready. You went in too soon and like you weren't ready for the boot camp and a lot of it was over your head. Since that point, did you brush up on all those things that they told you you need to work on a boot camp? How did your game progress between then and when you went back out? Well, there's two goings out. So between October of 18, when I went to that first boot camp and September of 19, you know, I drilled. I got much better. I was red chipping that whole time. And so I, I really had solidified my game from that boot camp. During the pandemic, you know, I had a deck on my desk for counting down and I had a six deck shoe that I had marked one to 312. I did very little productive work and a lot of working on my true count divisions. So my game was better. I went to the Midwest meetup, a guy named Fateful mm -hmm. organized this great meetup for APs in the Midwest and Sassy Red was there. And I had gotten up at five in the morning to drive to this thing. And at about 9 p.m., I'm getting ready to leave and do the, the several hour drive home. And Sassy says, hey, I want to I want to test you out. And I was exhausted and the light was dim and I was surrounded by people I respect. I made a mistake and I started getting in my own head. And then one mistake compounded with another. And I, you know, I could see all these APs I respect kind of standing around the table, shaking their heads, tisk, tisk, tisk. Ah, no, 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 this is a disaster. Faster. <laughs> um, that's, I'm sure that's not really what was going on, but that's what was going on in your head, you're saying, right? Oh, yeah. No, my, I'm my own worst critic. Yeah, um, right. yeah. So Sassy, of course, being the kind and wonderful person she is, was firm but reassuring that I, I needed to fix the holes in my game. Went back, redoubled the training regimen, actually went back for a second boot camp this past June and loud and often tested me out. And I did much better, although I did make a counting mistake. Mm -hmm. But I figured out where in my game I had a hole. When you split a pair, I was counting the cards twice. Because that's what was normal to you. Yeah. Well, I it was something that that I wasn't doing it in the drills, but I had caught myself doing it at a table once. Like I, I counted... And then I'm like, wait a minute, that seems wrong. So I went back and I recounted the table and I'm like, oh shit, how did I get off by two? Oh, that, that pair of uh, threes, I didn't, 
I, I counted those twice. So I, I knew that was a hole in my game. It resurfaced during the test out. But other than that, that test out with Loudon went much, much better than the one with Sassy. So I felt good about my game. Good way to correct that. Just only split sevens, eights, and nines. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I'll do that. But then that creates a whole other problem. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, so it's, Sassy anyway, was a big help. Sass- Sassy was a big help. And Loudon was a big help. And just going to the boot camp the second time, it made so much more sense. It was like that that bit in Bill and Ted where they meet themselves at the beginning of the movie and the conversation doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah, second yeah. time around, oh, that conversation made so much more sense this time. Bill, what? Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Like, okay, now I now I the the lectures and things made so much more sense the second time around. Yeah, you, you, by that time, you knew that Socrates guy was actually Socrates, right? Exactly. <laughs> Dust in the wind. Not to be confused <laughs> with my former guest, Socrates, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> They're not the same guy? Wait, what? No. <laughs> All right, um, I, I keep distracting you. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. This is, this is the answer to your first question turned into a long autobiographical ramble. Okay, so anyway, uh, cut to the present. So I'm out there playing. I, I don't have a day job. My current partner is very supportive of me getting out on the road. And, you know, when I talk to her at the end of the day, she's always, how did you play? Did you get good EV? Like she asks all the right questions. Sexy talk. Um, what? That's sexy talk right there. Did you get good I EV? I know, right? <laughs> oh, she could, she could say EV to me all day. Uh, ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, now say deviation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, she's, she's supportive and she understands the time away. Uh, so I'm out on the road and I'm getting about 60 hours a month and... Uh, I'm playing between hours 50 and 60. I, I went on a can't lose hot streak. Uh, so I was playing way, way, way above EV. I was also being very conservative about estimating EV. Like how many rounds per hour did I really get? You know, what being very conservative on telling myself what the pen was, you know, if I counting my, my time set at the table, not padding it, you know, if I got there at five after I wasn't, I wasn't saying I started at nine o'clock. So I was doing everything to make sure that my EV estimates were appropriately conservative. So I wasn't setting myself up or why am I way under EV? Right. I think uh, especially during COVID and post COVID, as conditions change, a lot of people are overestimating EV right now, you know, because you're not going to get the rounds per hour, especially earlier. Well, you didn't play earlier. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's it's funny. When I first started playing in like 2018, 2019, my local shop just has disgusting chips. Like, I don't think they've ever been washed. Mm-hmm. So I went out and bought a ton of hand sanitizer. And I had some for the car and some for the house. And my girlfriend made fun of me a little bit. And then when the pandemic started, she's like, You're, you were a genius. You were right. Now we have your time. Yeah, we've got all this hand sanitizer. Yeah, I remember seeing during the peak of the pandemic, probably about mm, April or May last year or something like that. Uh, actual uh, legit ad on Facebook Marketplace. Uh-huh. Somebody had this like, uh, I don't know, 15 year old Corolla and, you know, probably worth like mm, three grand, maybe, maybe okay. 2,500, something like that. And they said, no low ballers, four rolls of toilet paper, no exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> it was a legit ad too. It wasn't like a meme joke. It was a legit ad. I, but I, I said, what? <laughs> Wow. Let's see. They're trying to be funny. 
I mean, they weren't going to sell the car for that, but they're trying to be funny. But it was a legit actual ad on the marketplace. It's like, this is I, that's hilarious. I did once trade a car for a six pack of beer. Must have been really good beer, a really shitty car. Both. Uh, it was also a car that I had had for almost 20 years and needed a lot of work. And it was for a, a friend's kid was turning 16 and needed a beater. Right. And I was, I was like, I, I'm paying more in taxes on this thing than it's worth. And I'll, you know, here, take it. Now, let's take a commercial break. Hey guys, this is Colin from blackjackapprenticeship.com. And if you're serious about card counting, I'd encourage you to check out the Blackjack Apprenticeship membership. It has the training tools you'll need to beat the game, like our comprehensive video course and our training suite, so you can learn each skill and virtually test yourself before ever stepping foot in a casino. It also includes the tools you'll need to succeed, like our pro betting software, casino database, results tracking software, and access to a community of like-minded advantage players to network with in our members forum and chat room software. You can find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. So more than a handful of people have asked me if they can buy some merch for the show. So my girlfriend had an idea that we could each month people who wanted to support the show by buying things like t-shirts, coffee mugs, hats, whatever, that we should make those products available with a different item every month. I think that's a pretty good idea. So we kind of soft launched our first such item late in July, which is a Tens and Aces t-shirt and will be available starting right now and through the month of August. So if you'd like some TNA of your very own, well, we can't say that. But we can sell you a t-shirt. So if you'd like one, you can go to our website, which is tensandaces.com. Or you could join the show's Facebook page, which is simply Tens and Aces Blackjack. And there is a post pinned to the top of that page with a link to buy a t-shirt. And I also want to say thank you to everybody who has supported the show in all the ways you have. It is greatly appreciated. And just thanks to everybody for listening, really. And now, back to the show. Trade a car for a, a case of beer and make the 16-year-old uh, find out a way to buy it. Sit. <laughs> Here's your first life lesson, kid. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're sidetracked again. Totally. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what, what were we talking about before we got onto beer and cars? Not that there's anything wrong with beer and cars, listeners. Just hopefully not while you're playing blackjack. You're not operating <laughs> a beer bottle or a... A car or a vehicle, yes. Oh yeah, but uh, new COVID he, special drive-through blackjack. Hmm. I think I think Elon Musk is probably on that. <laughs> you were up to the point where you were talking about how your positive streak where you couldn't lose. Oh, well, my positive streak where I couldn't lose. Um. So yeah, in in about a hundred hours of hundred twenty hours of play, hundred well hundred and thirty one point five. I got about $7,500 worth of EV, and I couldn't lose for a while. And at hour 100, I was about $100 away from the elusive five-figure mark. Mm -hmm. I was at like 9800 And I remember the session because it was at my local, and I try to keep that preserved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I had one... You know, I had I had won about a thousand bucks that session, and my stack was starting to look conspicuous. And I'm like, ah. And I I knew I was about a hundred dollars away from the ten thousand mark. And I was like, oh, I could I could stick around for a couple more shoes and see if I break it. But no, I you know I want to keep this shop. This was a really good session. I think it's time to 
rat hole a couple chips and then head out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so about a hundred hundred and fifty dollars away from the elusive ten thousand mark, uh, I hit my all time high. I go home and then I didn't win again for about twenty hours of play, and I mean I lost. I didn't. I went a good ten of those hours like never winning both hands of a max bet. Wow. The insurance went against me. Uh, and then, you know, I would get dealt like a 14 and bust that. And, uh, it was just, you know, and we, we've all been there. Those, those nightmare games where the count gets high and you just can't win. And it just kept happening. And at first my, my mathy, wonderful girlfriend is like, okay, well, regression to the mean. You knew this would happen. Did you get good EV? Did you play well? She's so wonderful. And so I, I plummeted from well above EV to EV to well below EV. And I had a, a couple of, you know, small three-figure wins uh, to offset just the never-ending stream of four-figure losses. Uh, and I basically, at hour 130, am about back where I started in April, May. So you're back to your... I'm uh, I'm back to my original bankroll minus all the trip expenses I incurred while I was out generating lots of EV and zero AV. Negative AV, yeah. Yeah, I'm now I'm now in the negative. Um, and so I kind of had to. I took another look at my finances, and what I thought was going to get me to December, uh, there's enough there to get me to October, and this is July. And October's not very far away. Mm-hmm. And I kind of had to sit down and say, okay, I've got I've got a couple of options here. And one of those options is barrel through and get more hours and have faith that, you know, regression to the mean works both ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one, which I wound up doing, was to say, hey, I, I now have about three months to make this work before I start getting in trouble with my living expenses. And do I, from uh, you know a point of essentially zero AV, have enough time to get to where I need to be, to where this is generating a living income? You know, as, as much as I want to put on my, my rose-colored glasses and say, well, you know, Yoshi and Joe748 and Colin, those guys all made hundreds of thousands of dollars their first year. That's magical thinking, and I don't have any other houses to sell. I'm out of houses. Uh, so I had to, to take a look and say, okay, really, what's what's realistic here? And I think the realistic thing to do was, you know, I still had close to 50K in what was the bankroll, and I'm setting aside about 12K, actually, for, for continued blackjack play. Putting the rest for living expenses... And I'm kind of beating the boards looking for a part-time job that's anything but corporate IT. So like and this is, this is, no, I'm not there yet. Uh, <laughs> I did, you know, I've got this nice newish car. I uh, picked up an Uber decal and I live close to an airport. So that's uh, actually, I, I think that'll be a nice way to earn income on, on my schedule. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there are a bunch of, warehouses near me that are desperate for forklift operators. Like, oh, okay, I could go out and get a forklift certification and do nice that brain. for a little bit. Nice brainless work. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, that appeals to the, the four-year-old boy in me. Like, oh, boy, I get to drive a, a forklift. Um, yeah. And really, again, this is how wonderful my girlfriend is, is despite the fact that corporate IT is, you know, by far the most lucrative thing I could do. She basically grabbed me by the lapels and said, you were miserable and I don't ever want to see you that miserable again. And you are not to apply for any kind of corporate IT job. Could you do some uh, IP consulting work? So it's more in your turn, your terms, you're not stuck in some soul, soul crushing position. Actually, that's that's in line behind burger flipping, honestly. You just don't want to do that. I just gotcha. want to do that. I did that for almost 25 years. Gotcha. And it was, you know, when I first took the job, I, ha- I was expecting a kid, didn't have health insurance. And it was during the Y2K crisis where, hey, you got a pulse? You speak English? Come here. Now you're a COBOL programmer. Right. So it wasn't, right. it, it was totally a, a job of convenience that turned into a 25-year sentence. Um, and it's just, yeah, like, like I said, I couldn't even write a simple roulette simulator. Like, I'm just, I'm not good at it. I'm good enough at, at schmoozing and corporate politics to survive. But then, of course, there's the self-loathing of, I'm sitting here in this cubicle doing nothing, accomplishing nothing. I'm a fraud. Why am I here? Uh, it was just, it was bad, bad, bad for my psyche. So it sounds like you got to keep your acting skills brushed up. <laughs> I got to keep my acting skills. Yep. <laughs> I, I suppose that's a, a lucrative thing. Um, I, I did get paid for acting all those years. Yeah. <laughs> but that on a oh, resume. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I'm, I'm close enough to a major city where they do a lot of filming. Mm-hmm. But there's there's background work. There's commercial work. I plan to, you know, now I've got the uh, a little snow on the mountaintop. So I look distinguished and important and can play doctors and professors and things like that. Dads. Dads. I can do it. Oh, I can do dads. I Creepy serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, I can, you know, there's there's acting work to be had and having broken the bankroll i've now got about 12 months of living expenses so i've got time to kind of patchwork together a a living that works for me that still gives me the because i i love the travel of the ap life yeah and you said Um, your partner is a a travel junkie as well so she's she's a travel junkie as well does her work allow her to travel not really in fact not really at all but she she has a daughter who's almost college age. So she, we're talking about, you know, once her daughter's out of school, maybe we, we, you know, get a camper and go around the country. Maybe we do some international house sitting. Like we've, we've got big travel plans. That sounds great. Yeah. And yeah. she, you said she doesn't enjoy the actual mechanics of AP, but maybe she could BP for you or stuff like that. And I would love that if she would be into it. I don't think she'd be into it. She doesn't like casinos we've we've been in a few together we took that trip to vegas and i think they they drive her nuts yeah and i'm a little bit add so you know i go in and there's something about like the flashing lights and the noise and the clanging of the slots and Mm -hmm. i sort of find that calming like if i'm if i'm alone in a in a room in a chair i go nuts i claw the walls but if there's all the sensory input for some reason i'm like oh okay I can, this is, there's a lot to take in here. I'll just take it in. This is okay. Yeah, that's why you're doing a uh, the interview at the beach. 
That's right. Uh, no, yeah. this is the the beauty of of full time APing is I am at a beach. There's a children's playground over here. There's seagulls. I'm watching the sunset, and it's on a weekday, and I'm not in a cubicle, and it's yeah. it's bliss. I love it. Well, that does sound bliss, but I don't know how single white guy sitting by a playground how that goes off. But middle, uh, <laughs> middle aged white. Guy. Oh, now you ruined it. Now I. All right. Walk away from the innocent laughter of small children. Fine. Moms of small children do have that killer mother bear instinct. Yeah, for sure. And rightfully so. Um, so back to the AP. So you resize your bankroll is what I'm hearing, right? And then resize my bankroll. What I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of concentrate on games that are a day trip away from home. Yeah, to save on uh, living expenses. Save on living travel expenses. And I'm going to have to grind at, you know, red chip, green, low green chip levels for a while with longing, living with the six or 7% risk of ruin. And hopefully that doesn't last too long. I made that decision, you know, talked it over with my girlfriend and we both agreed right thing to do, sensible thing to do. And then I was just kind of not going to say anything to anybody but her. And the more I thought Oh, and at, at 100 hours, when I had that all-time high session that almost got me to 10,000, mm-hmm. uh, I sent Colin a picture of my chart with this very gushy email about how, you know, how great things were going and mm-hmm. and how much I appreciated everything I had learned at the boot camps and, and the BJA community. And uh, all that's still true, but it was right then that the, the free fall started. And so when I made the decision that I, I'm going to have to look for other work, fit AP stuff in around it. You know, I, I wasn't going to say anything. And then after a couple of days, I thought, no, I should really post about this. Yeah. Somebody else may be going through a similar thing, you know? Yeah. It's part of and I think, I think, you know, the, there's a lot of survivor bias on a forum like BJA where the people who either do it for a while and quit or wash out or, you know, hit bad variants those don't tend to get posted. Those people just sort of tend to drop off the forum and disappear. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, when you first join, you see all those blog posts from Yoshi and Rymo and Joe Seven Four Eight and all of the all these legendary. I turned three thousand dollars into a million. Yeah, uh, which can happen, uh, but it doesn't. It doesn't always happen, and it's certainly not guaranteed to happen. And you know, I I thought for sure when I set out that I've got what I thought was eight or so months of living expenses. I've got a 50K bankroll. I've got all the time in the world. I've got a supportive partner. And I'm really, you know, I've I've been to boot camps. I feel good about my game. Uh, I have fixed, fixed the problems that showed up in test outs. Like, I am really well set up for success here. Yeah, sounds and like it. And there's nothing saying that if I had barreled through with the full bankroll for the next three months that, you know, this could be a really happy conversation where like, oh boy, I thought about quitting back in July. Or it could be a, well, now I have no living expenses and I lost another half the bankroll and now I'm I'm screwed. Well, you're making a correct calculated move, I think. Uh, you're yeah, no, I, a, AP in your AP career. There you go. Yeah, my my you know girlfriend was was worried I'd be despondent. I was like, no, I'm actually kind of relieved because, like I said in the forum post, my last couple of sessions were really bad. I was playing scared. I was playing desperate. I was thinking, 
I need to have a big winning session now today or, you know, I'm just I'm in the toilet. I'm screwed. Yeah, that's that's gambler edge there. You know, that's so gamblerish. And then, uh, yeah, it was one of those games where I had lost three or four insurance bets and the count was high and I had like a 12 and a 14 and dealer pulls up an ace. And I'm like, oh, my no, don't make me fucking do this again, where I, I shovel out a big stack of chip and you don't have it. And then I'm stuck busting these two stupid hands. It was a session where my buy-in had kind of evaporated. So I was actually, I was too low on chips to insure for the full amount. So I insured for less and I lost it. And I was staying at a crappy little Motel 6-ish place near the casino. Mm -hmm. And I just went back to my room and like looked in the mirror and I'm like, hey, you, you played like shit. Uh, You know, you, you know that this is a small edge game. You have heard the perfect play mantra, you know, six million times. Uh, you know, what the what the hell was that? And at that point, I kind of I called my girlfriend. I was supposed to be gone another couple of days. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm coming home early. I lost again. I've got to I've got to do a little soul searching. And then on the, uh, the drive home, I was like, it's OK. And I've got a year in the bank. I've got 12k to play on i still have games within a two three hour drive of my house that i can play Mm -hmm. Uh, so i'm okay like this will this will work itself out and it may take me a lot more calendar hours to get to 500 than i had hoped but then living a mile or so from an airport like oh okay so uber actually is can be pretty lucrative at certain times of day uh there are other part-time things i can do i don't have to go back to the cubicle does the airport does the airport at where you live near do they allow pickups and drop-offs because i know some airports don't and they do so that's that's a killer um, yeah because you can be you know driving somebody there and then picking somebody up and driving somebody there and picking somebody up exactly and it's you get the the nice bright red surge pricing and it's like okay time to go to work right um so i can i feel confident that i can sort of do a patchwork quilt of part-time things that will still let me have this control over my schedule because boy do i love being master of my own time that's been my absolute favorite thing about the last few months right Um, it's much nicer working because you want to work not because you have to work exactly And like a lot of people say, when you work for yourself, you've got a, a taskmaster for a boss and a slacker for an employee. Right. So there was always that voice in my head of like, what What are you doing sitting at home, you know, watching Falcon and Winter Soldier? Why, why are you not on the road or in a casino right now? Uh, so I can... I can still have AP be part of that patchwork quilt, but it doesn't have to supply my living expenses now. If you don't have this by October 1st, you die. Right. Uh, And actually, since I made that decision, I've gotten five or six hours in and they've been winning sessions and I've played well. Like I'm, I'm happy with the way I played. So it's, it's much better not to have that sort of wolf nipping at my heels. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a pretty good situation you put yourself in there, partly by happenstance and partly just by trial and error. And just because, you know, we're all kind of figuring life out anyway. So it's no different than anything. And kudos to you for ditching your soul crushing corporate gig. 
I feel so good about that. Right. Yeah. And, and having, having a partner who's supportive enough to say, you know, there are things in life that are much more important than the money. And yes, you could make much better money, but don't you ever go back there again. Like, I love you. Stay with me. Exactly. You, you get me. Even though, you know, I wish this had been one of those podcasts where I tell you that, you know, about the, the hundreds of thousands I won and like, that's okay. That may, that may come in the future. Uh, well, you know, but you know what? Feel, yeah, what? Uh, well, when that does come in the future and you're back on this podcast, how you turned your whatever you have left now into, you know, 500K or something, it's going to be sweeter <laughs> and it's going to be believable because you came in and you were humble. Hey, it didn't work out. Here's what really happened. And that's another reason I wanted to have you on because, you know, it's real easy to tell all positive stories, but I like having the the true life stories, pros and cons. Guys just starting out, guys been doing it 20 years, the whole gamut in between, you know? I I appreciate that. I, I think it's important for everybody to, to see the balance picture. And like, even as well set up as I was in, in April, May, like, no, you can still, life can still throw you curveballs. Variance is very, very real. Absolutely. So have you had any fun experiences out on the road or crazy things that happened or anything you'd like to share or anything you've learned or anything like that? Okay. So I, I was in Las Vegas, uh, which is the sweatiest city in the world. Yeah. And I was at the El Cortez, which is the sweatiest casino in the sweatiest city in the world. Oh, yeah. And I was on the single deck table. So I was at the sweatiest table in the sweatiest casino in the sweatiest city in the world. And I was just testing out whether a small spread could beat this game uh, and whether I could sort of blend in and be inconspicuous. And the dealer wasn't dealing enough rounds. Like it was a, a pretty full table. And so we were only getting two rounds before they shuffled. Mm -hmm. And so I'm there about 15 minutes. I'm like, no, nah, this isn't going to. Okay, I'm, I'm going to abandon ship and go find something else. Are you doing like a were, one to six or something? Yeah, something like that. Uh, I Maybe I'm smaller than that. I had done the math and I had looked up single deck deviations. I was like, okay, I'm going to. I'm just going to take a couple hundred bucks and give this a try on a flyer. Uh, see if I can fly. Because the nice thing about having gray hair is I really, nobody looks at me like, why are you here? Why do you have money? Uh, it's a nice invisible superpower. That's true. Uh, so I'm sitting there and there are these two guys. There's a guy who is pretty decent, knows basic strategy, has obviously played before. And his slightly drunker buddy who has clearly never played before. And uh, these two guys are playing and I'm, you know, making jovial conversation. Uh, and the guy who knows basic strategy and I are, are talking over like, hey, should I split these? Stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I hear my real name. And I'm like, wait, I'm, I don't have a card here. I, you know, I'm in a mask. You know, I, I don't have any recent heat in this town. Like, how the hell do they know my name? And I hear my name again. And then I hear the name of the college I went to. Oh, and then no. I hear my sister's name and I look and 
the guy yelling my name is, I went to a very, very small Bible college in Indiana mm-hmm. many, many decades ago. And I turn around and there's this guy I went to college with. And then it turns out that the two guys I had been chatting with the whole time, I had gone to college with them too. None of us recognized each other. Oh, shit. So we're having this big reunion and I'm like, okay, well, there goes any hope of like under the radar play at this place. And my friend keeps like yelling out my, my real name and my college and my sister's name, who he's friends with and you know, my address and my social security number. And I'm like, <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull him aside. I actually like took him outside. I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave now. All right. Let's text each other and get together for a drink. Stop saying my name. Yeah, right. And actually it did. I, I was able to, to get some EV out of it because when we were all at the table, I asked the dealer, how come you're only shuffling or how come you're only dealing two hands? He's like, well, that's the rule. If there's one player, I'll deal five hands. If there's two, I'll deal four, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, the guy who knew basic strategy and I were like, well, what if like we all sit here and don't play and just he plays? Would he get five hands? So he let he let my college buddy uh, try it and get five full hands into a single deck. And he doesn't count. And of course, he got a monster count and didn't take advantage of it. And then I was like, "Ooh, let me try. And then the count never went anywhere. So I didn't I'd never got to raise the bet. But I was like, OK, well, I got at least I got a shot at it. Yeah, that was a nice little opportunity there where it didn't look suspicious, really. Exactly. And, and then your uh, database and then know your name. <laughs> <laughs> Stop saying it. Oh. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, the next night we all got together and we we went to a party pit and played for fun. And I counted a little bit. Just I did like a one to four spread. And you can't every not count. I know. I, I know. And, you know, uh, things went my way. And then every time I upped my bet a little bit, all my friends were like, oh, because I, I had by that point told them what I was doing in Vegas and what was mm-hmm. up. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. we should up our bets, too. Uh, so, like, you know, all my college buddies made a hundred bucks and went home and said, Oh, we saw bleep, bleep, John Smith, uh, you know, our old college buddy. And guess what he's doing now? And so it was kind of a nice, uh, little ego boost, you know, show my, show my old college friends from the Bible college in Indiana, a good time in Sin City. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, hopefully they spread it on Facebook on public messages. I, no, too. no, no. I, I made it very, 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 very clear. Right. There will be no social media about this. And if it is, it's about John Smith. <laughs> exactly. Now I have to go change my uh, all my social media profile names. No, that mean from John Smith. <laughs> no, to, to John Smith. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, a uh, little side note, you know how sometimes um, if you play not rated sitting there and sometimes they'll, they'll try to, hey, what what's your name? I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so try to get, try to fish information out of you. Uh-huh. I wonder if a guy's name actually was John Smith. <laughs> it sounds so fake. I wonder if he has to like make a fake name to, to cover up his fake sounding real name. I so. know. <laughs> I'm Eddie Schicklebacher. <laughs> Ricardo Phillips Valley. <laughs> anyway. There was the Midwest meetup that Fateful organized. Uh, there were a whole lot of counters there from 
people just starting to some really respected pros like Sassy Red. Now, it was wonderful to get to know people, to put faces to and real names, uh, some of the internet handles, made some good friends there. Also at uh, boot camp, it was really great to be able to network with all the pros that Colin brings together at the boot camp. I made some contacts there and people have been so helpful and so supportive. I tried really hard to give back. Uh, But networking, 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 because no matter how wonderful and supportive my partner is, you can't beat having somebody who's, you know, either at your stage or ahead of you on the AP journey. Uh, Ahead of you, you can get guidance at your stage. You can work it out together and you can help the people coming up behind you because this isn't, you know, other count. The casino is your competition. I don't think the rest of the AP community is your competition. And Mm -hmm. be polite if there's somebody else sitting at your table and let them have it if they were there first. Yeah, networking is key. Lots, all the things you mentioned, plus, you know, intel you can share each other is always great. Buying, selling chips is always an advantage. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes even, hey, I mean, through your town and sometimes they'll even say, hey, uh, I got a a couch you can sleep on. If, you know, I, I trust you. I've talked to you several times or whatever. You can sleep on my couch. So growing up was gambling a part of your life? Oh no, 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 absolutely not. Um, I grew up in a really religious household. Um, In fact, both of my parents were Mennonites, uh, like traditional dress Mennonites when they were growing up. Hmm. Um, And you know, gambling was was on the big list of things that were just not approved of. Yeah. In fact. One time, uh, my mom told me this story. One time my parents went to Vegas, and this would have been like 70s, 80s, and mm-hmm. my dad had a, a work conference, so he brought mom along. They Neither of them had ever been to Vegas before. So they get off the plane, and dad has to use the men's room. So mom is left alone there on the concourse in Vegas. We all know what the concourse in Vegas is like. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, all of these, you know, old-fashioned pull-handle slot machines. And so mom gets a quarter out of her purse and pops it in the machine and pulls the lever, and she gets three quarters back. And she's like, oh, oh, that was fun. And so she goes to put another quarter in the machine, and she feels the cold, steely hand of my dad on hers. <laughs> You're done. Uh, so I, I joke with my mother that she's the most successful gambler in the history of Vegas. 300% ROI, never lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's funnier than she does. <laughs> well, hopefully, uh, I think our audience will too. So, <laughs> Good. Yeah, yeah, that's great, man. So Mennonites, huh? Mennonites. Yeah. They, my parents grew up in the, the old school culture with the traditional dress. Uh, they were the black sheep of their respective families and ran away to the suburbs. And then mm-hmm. I went into theater. So I was the black sheep of my family. So I am the black sheep son of the black sheep son. It's a family tradition, apparently. It is. Uh, I now have an adult son. So I, I fear for where this line is going. But <laughs> he's he's a good kid. So both both my kids are really good kids. They're much, much more together than I was in my 20s. Yeah, mine too. Uh, and I, I always joke that that's by complete accident, not by anything that I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, well, thanks for coming on, Baron. Oh, thank you for having me. It was a real pleasure. Awesome, man. Uh, we'd love to, I can't wait to hear your stories down the road. We'll check back and, in with you, see how your uh, 
progression goes. I will let uh, you know. And if if my cautionary tale can keep you from going full time prematurely, then my work here is done. Yeah, premature anything is never a good thing. <laughs> Very, very true. That's what she said. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. serious about becoming a blackjack advantage player if that's your plan then listen to the real pros first they will tell you to test out and hone your skills before risking your starting bankroll check out the advantage player refinement program offered exclusively by archimedes21.com the a21 aprp will tell you if you're ready until then look into becoming an investor in archimedes21 and start earning right away 